0: Welcome to In Depth with Seafood John, episode three. Uh, this time, I am being interviewed because Tom really wanted to interview me and I forgot to organize someone to come me. Yeah, that's not hard to believe. <laughs> so anyway, today, Tom will be asking me some questions uh, so that you guys can get a little bit of background on my, I don't know, my history, my mindset, my life. Well, I think what most people will wanna find out is who is
1: Seafood John and the background behind him and, just sort of the messaging of, he teaches all of this wise and also fucking crazy stuff at times. Mm-hmm. But we want, people probably want to know who is he, where did he yeah. come from and his training yeah. and all of that. And that sort of makes sure. him the man that he is. Okay,
0: happy to accommodate.
1: Um, so let's go way back in time. Way back. Um, and let's go with who was John Cogan
0: as a young boy going to school? Young boy going to school. Um, I don't know whether it was, you well, are you talking about like primary school? Well, talking way back
1: when. So it was of like, who, how did John Cogan start in out? in general. Let's just say, how did he start out?
0: My, the first thing that came to my mind actually was when I was in, I think like year two and another kid kicked me square in the nuts. Um, Easy. <laughs> yeah, he kicked me in the nuts. We were playing soccer, he kicked me in the nuts. I went to the teacher and started, cry, I was crying. I was like, ah, it hurts, it hurts. And then uh, she did nothing. So I went up to the kid and I smacked him square in the face. He fell down and he end, I remember he ended up having a black eye and didn't go to school. And nothing happened to me either. Um, so I guess I had a- school did you go to? <laughs> oh, well, a lady of dollars in Chatham. Great school, don't get me wrong. That wasn't, um, well, it's not a bad school. It's a great school actually. So shout Just out to all teacher. my OLD uh, folks. But anyway, I don't know. That was, that's the first thing that came to my mind because I'm a martial artist. But then I think that was from probably the point where I started being labeled as a bad- kid, I think. So I started acting that way. I started but I did have a natural propensity to fight, because my my father was a like a wrestler and a street fighter and his cousins and my uncles were boxers and wrestlers. So you can see, well I don't know if they're still there, but there's posters of them up in the PCYC down the road here at North Sydney. So yeah, I just kind of leaned towards that side of activity, martial arts. And I got into the martial arts, did Taekwondo from a young age. I think I was like seven when I started there was after I'd punched that kid yeah. in the face. <laughs> um, and then moved to boxing as I got older, but then I'll give you the summary Yeah, When I was around between the age of 16 to say seven, uh, 18, um, getting into a lot of trouble, a lot of fights, police stations, holding cells. Yeah, serious stuff. And, yes, yeah. yeah. But also a lot of stuff, a lot of crime was happening around Chatswood. people getting into drugs and stuff. Um, and that's when I kind of reached a breaking point I'd seen a few people become like heroin junkies and I've seen a few people go to jail already and disappear, people started dying as well of overdose and I was like far out, this is hectic I no longer wanted to be a part of that yeah. way of lifestyle the fighting and, the, and the, the trouble so I started looking into personal development and spirituality and softer methods my sister and my mother were influences in there because my mother's always brought me up as a as a catholic uh, believing in christ not that i'm a religious person at all but there was a spiritual overtone or undertone and my sister was into all that stuff like reiki and crystals and energy healing and all that stuff and i thought i yeah. was all bollocks um, but their influence kind of led me down that path to study more of the softer methods of martial arts meditation and spirituality which literally which was you know 20 years ago when i made that conversion from external and fighting to the more internal and calming. Um, so that's the kind of quick summarized version of C.P. John who now teaches Kung Fu, meditation, and like coaching and mindset. There you Great. go.
1: <laughs> so well, jumping back, um, when you had your selection of martial arts all yeah. in front of you, you had yeah. this passion for martial arts, your dad, wrestler, boxer, yeah. whatnot. What made you pick like doing these different paths instead of just going, you know what, I'll just do boxing or I'll just do wrestling. Like what made you pick these yep. martial
0: arts? Okay. To be fair, uh, Taekwondo, cause my cousin was doing it and I was like, I wanna go hang out with my cousin cause I love my cousin. Yep. Shout out to Greg Orris. And yeah, um, so I just followed him into it. And uh, yeah, I had a natural talent with that as well. So, cause I, I won a couple tournaments when I was doing that. And I was like, oh, cool, That's, I'm good at this. Yeah, I'm good at hitting people. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that. I just went because of him. Um, and I think I also dropped off because of him. Because um, yeah. he stopped. I stopped. Yeah, you know, I, I think I got like just before black belt. No, I know I got just before. I was on red, uh, black tip, which is a red belt with a black tip. Just before black belt, I stopped, but I didn't really care. I wasn't really into belts. And then I moved to boxing. Why did I do boxing? I think that was because of the family. Ah, I know why. My dad. I remember my first lesson. Uh, my dad got me... Uh, one of his mates who was a boxing trainer to come to my house. I was at that age about 13, I think. Yeah, 13. Came to my house and already started teaching me in the backyard and I fell in love with it because there was pad work and stuff and punching. It was loads of fun. So I took it up from there, started at North Sydney PCYC and ended up training out at Mundine's. Anthony Mundine, I trained yeah. at his gym in Redfern. It was more training getting from the train station to the actual gym. Yeah. <laughs> getting rolled nearly each time. Uh, running from... <sighs> anyway, um, so yeah, got into boxing then and I, for how long? For about six, seven years into the boxing. So the choices were kind of by life, not me. Yeah. I didn't actually look and research, but the one that I did research was my the system that I got mastery in, which was Wing Chun Kung Fu. I think I was about twenty-one. And I I was working at Fitness First in Chatswood and I'd been there for maybe one year or one and a half, maybe two years doing sales in their in, in their office, their membership consultancy. And I was it didn't feel like the right place for me. I was like, I can't do this. I can't sell for this corporation. I didn't believe in it. I yeah. felt unsatisfied. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to get out of here. My girl, girl that I was seeing at the time, she was in England and I was like, I'm out of here. So I took my paycheck and I went to England for three months to. and I, by then I'd already been studying spirituality and uh, let's say consciousness research already. Mm-hmm. And I went there with the intention to find my life purpose. <laughs> so I went there for three months and I had started meditating. Jumped straight in the deep end. Yeah, I was like, okay, what the fuck am I do with my life? So I started meditating every day. Um, this I am meditation with a pen and paper next to me and I'd write every time I finished. And one time I came out and everything was just clear as day. And I just wrote martial arts instructor. And then I knew that was it. And I knew that was done. And then I went and started researching in Australia because I was going to go back. Um, all the different types of martial arts offered in Australia. Yep. And then I looked, literally looked at everything available, but the one that popped for me was Sifu Jim's International Wing Chun Academy. And they provided a full-time certification course where you'd actually even get Oz study for it, which was freaking epic. So I came back and I went there and I went to try it out. And the first lesson I did, the first trial, Sifu Jim was there, the, the head teacher. Because I was, I was fit looking, I was a boxer at the time, so yeah, I'd still been boxing, so. He picked me out of the crowd because someone was like, do the one inch punch, do the one inch punch. So they picked me to come over and grab the phone book and I hold the phone book. I'm like, all right, let's test this out. And I just plant myself solid. I'm holding yeah. the phone book there. And then he puts his fist literally like an inch or even less away and <clears throat> launches me across the room. And I was just like, what the is that about? And because I'd been ring fighting, boxing, and street fighting, I had plenty, I was even bouncing in England, like as a security. I had plenty of action, so I knew what force and power was, and I was just blown away by that. I was like, holy crap. Not only can you develop massive amounts of power, but there's also quite a meditative practice to it as well. Because when I first walked in, there was just a whole room full of people standing there in this strange position, moving their hands like really slow. And I was like, what the fuck is that about? You know, like kind of like Tai Chi ish. And I was like, okay. So that intrigued me because it was meditative. And then the power side as well got my, you know, my little lad or my larrikin or my, yeah, you know, the little d- power. Or, or my ego in me. Yeah,
1: I can beat people up. <laughs> Whatever it was, yeah.
0: it attracted me. So then I signed up pretty much then and there for the full time course. And I started training 30 to 50 hours a week, getting money from the government and working a few, uh, you know, cafe jobs on the side and, and, and whatnot. After about a year, I started teaching and working for him as well, running his South system and actually running North Sydney branch for him just down the road. So yeah, you didn't know that, did you? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I was running North leave. Sydney branch down the road with one, with one of my uh, ex-training partners. Anyway, that's. Uh, I think I went off on a tangent there because you're asking about why I chose them, but yeah.
1: yeah. So then why? So you went down and you're doing the training down the road. Yeah. Um, from where we are right now. Yeah. What happened then?
0: Uh, after so that, what, case, was next? what was next? Well, I started training really diligently with um, uh, another teacher, he teaches in Surrey Hills now. I mean, he pretty much took me under his wing, uh, Mark Spence. He was really good at Chi Sao and the fighting side of it. Um, Sifu Jim wasn't there as much. But when he was there, he did pay attention to us, but he wasn't there as much, whereas Mark was there all the time. So he really took us under his wing and I trained with him loads, Uh, him and another crew of people. We just did like sparring and kung fu and forms all day, like like maniacs all the time. then, my teacher's teacher, so Sifu Jim had a teacher called Sigung, which was, our Sigung means like your teacher's teacher or like my grandfather or my grandmaster. Yeah. So he came over and did a seminar and I was just, I thought Sifu Jim was good. This guy was like next level, like kind of, you know, Mars kind of level stuff. Yeah. It was just like, what the, is this guy doing? I even got an experience of of holding his force where I'd put force on his arms and he was able to just, with little effort at all, just flick me across the room. Like he just did a little movement like this and I just flew across the room further than when Siva Jim punched me. And I was just like, this is mental, you know? Uh, And I asked to do it again. So he's like, all right. And this time he smiles and stands on one leg and flicks me even further to rub it in. And I was just like, what's going on here? And he was talking about mind force, chi, using the body structure correctly. And then I was like, okay i got to go to Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that was in like 2004 that happened when he came. And then in 2005, me and a, a few others jumped on a plane, went to Hong Kong for the first time for like three months. And then we moved back again there later on, uh, within a six months or a year after that, moved, moved there to live where we studied Kung Fu or I studied Kung Fu up until about 2014 when I left. So like nine years of full-time study there at different schools as well. Um, after a while I strayed off the path of that training because it wasn't fulfilling me in all the ways I mm-hmm. wanted not necessarily spiritually or even understanding mind better because I wanted to understand the mind Yeah. And, and and energy and my spiritual life more so than I did want it to be a powerful or a good fighter so I was researching other methods like qigong and tai chi to learn about the energy and even uh, taoism and other uh Methods of energy work, and funnily enough, when when I got I got shown this video. Have you seen Zeitgeist? Yes. Yeah, and and a part of that video was about how Christ wasn't real, how it was yeah. all made up, and that challenged my beliefs because I was brought up as a Christian. I was like, I thought that guy was real, <laughs> but I real, but I I was I'm not stupid to say no, he's definitely real because I wasn't there. So I was like, maybe he wasn't, but that challenged me. So I was like, fuck that. I would like to know if it's true if Christ was real. I mean, this is a bit of a side term because I, yeah. I do have, have had and do have experiences which are leading towards the spiritual, which do make things on the material world seem very different or boring at times compared to spiritual experience, let's say. Anyway, so I had this question in my mind, was Christ real? And then I was like, okay, how the fuck am I gonna find out? How am I gonna find out in person? Yeah, exactly. So I had a few things in my head. I was like, okay, A, I can travel back in time and, and find out. And I was like, okay, I don't have the DeLorean, so that's not gonna happen. Uh, B, I can develop the skill sets and powers that he had. So, you know, I'll raise the dead, make a fish out of, you know, feed, you know, thousands of people with four fish or, you know, heal Daniel's son of his illnesses or whatever it might be, yeah. uh, and then, I would know it's real because he also said in the Bible that you know you can do these things even greater than I. So like I've developed the skills, it must be true. Anyway. And I was like, okay, I don't know how the fuck to do that. So I'll scratch that off the list. But then what came to me was, why don't you find someone that can? So I said, like, all right, let's do that then. Yep. So I thought that's feasible. If I can find someone that can do what Christ could do, can heal the sick, yeah? And do, you know, materialize things or disappear. Like the Christ just vanished two times in the Bible, you know what I mean? And he made things materialize, you know? Uh, And he also healed the sick and even raised the dead. like, that's some crazy shit. Like, do us humans really have that potential? Because a lot of these, uh, you know, self-development guys and biohackers actually say we do. You know, that we have neuroplasticity so we can rewire our brains as long as the belief structure's there. And you look at people like, uh was it it dr joe vitale i can't remember his exact name something like that the guy that healed his spine with his mind like he was told you'll never ever don't joe Dispenza. he won't ever be able to walk again ever crushed fucked up spine and he just lay there and visualized his spine completely healthy from tailbone to crown uh doing it all the time and when he finally did it from bottom all the way to the top he said that was the pivotal moment and he started walking again it's like what powers do we actually have? So I was curious about this stuff. You see what I mean, yeah. You know? yeah. So anyway, literally within that week, whether it was the next day or so, I was walking home on this island I was living on in Hong Kong. And I was walking past this, this uh, guy who was selling secondhand books. He kind of looks like Danielson, but like maybe 40 years older. Um, can we put a picture of Danielson here. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, um, I was like, hey, because I'd see him all the time. I was walking, I was yeah. like, hey. Kept walking. For some reason I stopped dead in my tracks. And I turn around and there was one book on the shelf that was just kind of like shining to me. Like it just stood out in my mind's eye. So I walk over and I grab the book, I start looking at it on the back, of it starts speaking about a mystic Cypriot healer who had the same powers as Christ, who was healing people, da 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 and I was like, what the fuck? One of those synchronicities. Yeah. And any of, if you can talk to any of my friends who know me closely, they used to call me the synchronicity guy because this kind of shit would happen all the time with me. And you can't create that, you know, no, right? definitely just, not. Yeah. yeah, so I took that book, started reading it, and there was exercises in it and meditations and, and things you could do to develop yourself, I started doing them. And I started having experiences deeper and stronger than the experiences I was having training there with the Kung fu master in a room for, you know, anywhere up to 10 hours a day. So I was like, there's something in this. So I made contact with the group, he'd already passed away, but he's Senior students or disciples, so to speak, were still alive and teaching. So I went there and I started studying with them every year from August two thousand and nine. And then I decided to move there after that, where I went back there often and stayed a couple months at times. But then I moved there in two fourteen, I think, beginning two fourteen and end two thirteen, and I bought a place in between the teacher and his single disciples. So I was living with them for like four years, studying the meditation and the healing work principles. And I saw things that you would not think are real. Like someone with a skin disease here on the hand, they did like a healing session and it was gone. And and I'm like, what the fuck? A kid who was limping and couldn't walk properly had a session with one of the teachers and then they could walk better, like literally better off the spot. And I was like, okay. Yeah, See,
1: believe it. That's a lot of.
0: I mean, I saw, it, I witnessed it with my eyeballs. Yeah. You know, I mean? I, so that's that's. I mean, it's not it's not like raising the dead, and it's not like no. materializing fish, but it's definitely a starting point. And I have seen from the practices myself, my own s- emotional, mental healings. You know, in, in the sense that I've let go of a lot of anger, resentment, hatred, fear, doubt, worry, enmity, jealousy, all those kaka. Yeah. So psychically and mentally it's very obvious for me uh physically i've witnessed little things actually there's other things a lot of people are very easily healed of neck and back and pains and stress and strains just in this type of training in general you know which of course is from the teachings from hong kong and, and what we've learned from the kung fu and also the eastern practices so yeah, I want to take a moment to go back onto something, if that's right with you. Yeah, No, of course. We're talking about, I brought up synchronicities. Yeah. Synchronicities have happened like my whole life. And I always kind of feel like that's like um, life saying you're going in the right direction. And I got one around the wooden dummy, actually. When I was working at Seafood Gyms um, at the front desk, uh, I got a phone call from a mate. My mate's name's John Chi. And his dad's name is Mr. Chi, because it's the dad, right? Yeah. And, it, and John Chi calls me up and goes, hey... Hey, bro, what's up? I go, not much, man, what's going on? He goes, oh, my dad's selling his wooden dummy because he used to do Wing Chun. He was actually my first introduction to, to Wing Chun, but I hadn't realized that he sh- he had a dummy and he'd been doing it, but you know yeah, what I mean? I, yeah. It wasn't in my consciousness yet. Anyway, so he goes, he's selling his dummy. I go, okay, great, I'll buy it, I want it. I'm a Wing Chun guy now. How much is it? And he goes, 250 bucks. I go, sweet, I'll, I'll definitely take it. No, I went and got it. Literally the next week, I'm sitting at the same desk and this old dude walks in. He goes, hello, my name is Mr. Chi. I'm like, hello, Mr. Chi. It's not the same one. It's a different one. Uh, How's it going? He starts talking. He goes, yeah, my son used to train here. His name's John Chi. Pulls out his old membership card of yeah. the academy and shows it to me. He goes, yeah, John Chi used to train. Oh, okay, good on you. He goes, I have a wooden dummy I want to sell. I go, okay. And I already was thinking this is a bit weird. He goes, I go, how much? He goes, $250. And I go, <laughs> that's it's definitely not the same guy. A hundred percent. Yeah, so I ended up going and buying that one too but what I'm yeah. getting at is synchronicities they do happen for me that happened a lot like yeah. maybe I'm open to them but that's only a small taste of them anyway um, my mate Pat uh, he put it really well Patrick Ridley uh, he's, a, he's a legend I think he might be teaching in Queensland now you mm-hmm. should look into it anyway so Pat put it well he goes God was sitting up in in, in, on his throne or wherever the fuck he is, you know, uh, typing away in my life. Okay. So what's going to happen is John's doing this. He goes, okay, John wooden dummy, 250 enter. He got distracted by like a hot angel or something and then hit enter again. And then he went, Oh fuck, Ah, let him deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, synchronicities. So,
1: through all the training yep. and everything, you, you've got lots of different types of forms and d- different types of education with yep. all your training. Yep. All of them will have different values and takeaways that you've taken from them. Mm-hmm. Have you melded, melded all of it together into something else entirely? Or effectively, what, what is it that you teach? Is it a yep. bit of everything or is there one yep. name that encompasses it all? Yep.
0: very good question. Uh, the way I can describe from the start if you look at my hand right and you look at this part here this is like let's say the truth yeah or yeah. the highest level or the essence of each system and this is all the different pathways yeah so they all explain the same shit in a different way does that make sense and that's yeah. kind of what it feels like I've been learning through this process some of them are faster because you take a shortcut it's like a hack some of them are slower, some of them are more mysterious, some of them are more detailed, some of them are more scientific. Because, yeah, from what your question is, it's like, yeah, I did boxing, I did Taekwondo, I did Wing Chun, and also some Tai Chi, Qigong, uh, and, you know, personal growth, studied the researchers of truth and the esoteric practices and the non-versional duality, letting go. Like, all the, yeah. yeah. So did I put it into one kind of thing? Yes. The way I'd call that is one tower, like my shirt. Um, funny story on that. Um, I was just like, come and do Kung Fu with me, because I, I, I just want people to come and I can help yeah. them. Yeah? Which is another reason why we're doing a lot of content, because then I can help people at scale. yeah. Because yeah, um, that's the intention of what we do. Now, I was just calling it Kung Fu. And then they were going to put it on the timetable at Fitness First in Chatswood. And they go, Matt, here it is. Yeah, put it on. He goes, what's it called? I go, Kung Fu. And he's like, can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it? You teach Kung Fu. He goes, no, we don't. I go, yes, you do. You have Tai Chi and Qigong. They're forms of Kung Fu. So, oh, really? Is that right? Really? Like his English bloke. He's a yeah. champion. What up, Maddie? Maddie Rostrum, you're the best. Anyway, um, so I explained, you know, Kung Fu is like a heading, and then you've got Tai Chi, Wing Chun, Qigong, Bagua, Sing Yi, White Bee, and all these other weird and lots of different varieties of Kung Fu under a banner. Yeah. But I still wasn't allowed to use the word Kung Fu because it was not aligned with the brand of Fitness First. So I was like, okay, fine. Yes, you've got to come up with a different name for what you teach. But I, I, wouldn't, I wasn't gonna say Wing Chun either because it's not just Wing Chun. I teach energy work and meditation and coaching principles and I even teach a bit of boxing in it because if you practice only one system, you're limited. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I had to call it something else. I was like, all right, fine. So I had to sit there with a pen and write up all these different stuff. So just riding, 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 and then One Tower came. I was like, "Ooh, I like that one." And I go, "Maddie, what do you think of this one?" I showed it to Anton. I showed it to my uh, wife at the time, my current ex-wife, uh, and they were like, "Yeah, I like that one, One Tower." And I was like, "Yeah, it's good because uh, also because my kind of my core value, one of the strongest values with me, is oneness. Yeah, that you and I and even son are all connected on a on a let's say on a spiritual or even an energetic level. Kind of like." what quantum physics explains through the unified field that we're all one. And in that oneness, the real essence of it is a lovingness, a loving energy. Um, So I was down because it's like one, and it really represents the values that we communicate and teach oneness and that lovingness for oneself and others, Mm -hmm. and the end representing nonviolence. So to be nonviolent to oneself, meaning anger, hatred, jealousy, fear, all the negativities that we have is literally you being violent to yourself. Yeah. So why? <laughs> Would you punch yourself in the face? Maybe if you're into that. Yeah, but there will be some people. Like that, <laughs> yeah, but that, <laughs> kinky. But yeah, but I'm not encouraging that. I'm saying, in this system, we want to eradicate internal violence, and in turn, external. So nonviolence is a way of being in the world and the way we approach our training. And the last one is excellence. So oneness, nonviolence, and excellence, because we believe in reaching for one's inner potential. Because there's something motivating, inspirational, and and beautiful about reaching for your highest self. And literally everyone wants to. Even the people that I sit with that are like really depressed and are like crying because their cat died 15 years ago and they can't get over it. They still wanna let that go and reach for their highest level of actualization. So they're the, let's say the core values of what we teach here and what we've put together if you're looking at the kind of apex of Mm. what we're aiming at. But, of course, there's different things that we teach in order to lead a person to that. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely does. <laughs> so with the teaching, you developed a passion for it with everything you were doing, and then you're like you wanted to share the love on it. Mm. So what was at that moment? Where was that moment sort of where you went, I know what I want to do. I want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I want to share this, mm-hmm. and I want to... That specific forms at the time, but then you've also taught many different types of forms. Mm-hmm. So when, because it's changed over the years yeah. as well, yeah. and you're still a teacher right now, yeah. how has it evolved? Who you are and who you were at the time as well
0: when you first started. Okay, how has it evolved? Fuck, wow, that's a that's like a quadruple threat question. There's a lot in there. Um, I'll give it a crack. Yes, I have taught a lot of different systems. If we think about the actual system itself as opposed to how it's evolved me, just the system, the nature of the system is to evolve it. So the way I'm teaching it today is different to the way I was teaching it last year and next year it'll be different again because we we as a group and me as a person will have learnt better and different ways to evolve quicker, which links back to actually one of the core foundations of the system, which is an internal form of Wing Chun. And Wing Chun can be translated to everlasting springtime or eternal spring, which is like suggesting that we continually evolve, continually grow. So in my opinion, one should always be evolving and growing within their system, you know, and and developing it to be better. Um, Now, how's it helped me? Yeah, like I've done a lot of systems, yeah, you're right, and I still keep my mind open, which I think is a real weakness for a lot of teachers I know. What I mean is, when you think you're an expert and you know it, you stop learning. Yeah. So, and I got to that point at one stage and I felt like I was kind of stuck and I realized, you know, my mind was closed. And then, yeah, I know it's a bit, it's a, it's a cheesy or overused, but a mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Or, you know, you know the... It's good terminology. Yeah, yeah. So So, you know, I think that's an important thing to have yeah. being a student and teacher is to always keep your mind open, keep your glass empty so you can take in new information. Like I still... Even uh, want to go to seminars with different masters and learn from them. Like, why not? Whereas I know people won't because they're already a master of this and master of this. You understand? Yeah. So, how have I grown? Well, when I was younger, I was definitely imbalanced. I mean, I like to think I wasn't, but if I look at the actions, it says I was. Like, I'd put out cigarettes on myself. Uh, you know, take take drugs. Uh, Am I allowed to say that? Well, I did, fuck it, it's true. Um, Get into fights all the time, get into trouble. Yeah, like do a lot of bad shit, fuck. Um, Stressed, angry, unsure about my life and the world. Just a sense of stress and strain, anxiety. Wasn't happy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I remember oftentimes just being confused and I was like, what the fuck's the point of life? I really get upset with life itself and with Mm -hmm. myself and my position. So just even starting that journey of inner work, you know, personal development, meditation, and even spiritual work as well, trying to understand like ourselves as a human being, our levels of consciousness and awareness. That over time has, let me, it's kind of like this. It's like, let's just say I was 100% fucked up or like 90% fucked, 90%, yeah? Yeah. And then 10% of the time I was good. That would just decrease each year to 80%, 70%, 60, it was a gradual thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But now I've learnt that over 20 years. So I've got shortcuts. Yes, <laughs> so I go rather than taking this this path or this turn, do this one. So I can understand a problem better and easier because I've gone through a lot of it myself. Yeah. So how's it transformed me? It's quiet in here now. Here at one. I wouldn't say at one. One towel. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm there yet. The yeah. aim is definitely enlightenment and unconditional love because they're lined up. That is definitely the aim. I'm not there yet. I, Cause I still see and sense, you know, frustration or under big stresses like, you know my father's just been given two weeks to live. And my, I just went through a divorce seven months ago. But, you know, I know people who've had less things or even similar things decades ago and they're still holding on to it. Mm. I actually feel more powerful now meaning those experiences those difficulties those tragedies people could call them allowed me to observe something in myself which I wanted to let go of resentment fear anger despair grief which are really only blockages to my actual intention of becoming you know my highest level of self unconditionally loving yeah at one yeah so I suppose I've hardwired my brain now to be grateful for all things and because under any circumstance I can be grateful like see the yin and yang of the situation I see yes it's dark that this happened with your ex-wife but on the flip side there is a light to it as well there is a growth to it so I would say these teachings have transformed me and not just me literally thousands of others because I did the math, having been sitting with people for over 20 years Mm -hmm. on a one-on-one basis and trying to find out what they want. Um, I think it was close to 10,000, if not more people I've sat with. Wow. Yeah, because it's about 100 people a month over a 20-year period. So whatever the math is on that, someone's figuring out right now. Can you post in the comments below? Thank you. Um, (laughs) But whatever it is, it's a lot. Yeah. And literally everyone just wants to be happy. Some people will come and say, I want to get a Lamborghini and have a house. And we, okay, and why is it that you want the house and the Lamborghini? Because then I'll find the right woman and, and we'll have kids. Okay, okay. you've got the right woman and the right kids, then what? Oh, you know, then, then everyone will know that I'm a good person and i have succeeded. Okay, and then what? Then I'll be happy. You get it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or. I want to learn self-defense. Okay, why do you want to learn self-defense? Because like, I want to be confident. Okay. Why do you want to be confident? Because, you know, I want to be confident so that when I walk down the street, I don't have any fear. Why do you want to feel, fe- why, and what, what do you want to feel normally on a regular basis? Well, I want to get rid of the fear so I can just feel happy. You know, it yeah. always comes back to like happiness, joy, inner peace, calmness. It's always that. And the funny thing is in my own work and realization is that that actually is our nature. We are light and happy. That's underneath, yeah? Yeah. But the mind has been conditioned through our upbringing in society and parents and institutions, like the church, the media, and um, religious institutions, so that we have certain programs and we don't realize that we are love, we are happiness, we are peace, Mm -hmm. because we're focusing on all the other bullshit. I need to get this job, and then I'll be happy. I need to get this career, I need to have this money, I need, get it? So I actually made a post just earlier, it's like, you know, uh, saying like, you are this you are the Sun stop focusing on the clouds we'll stop straight to it that's it yeah pretty simple so has it helped me tremendously would I recommend it of course I would (laughs) well a lot of people will won't have as much time as
1: you have uh, it to spend on studying all the martial arts and Kung Fu and doing about 30 years of training yep
0: (laughs) (laughs) but Sounds like a lot when I look back.
1: <laughs> yes. But as you said just before, you've learned all the shortcuts mm. to it. Yeah. Are there any shortcuts that you can share with us mm-hmm. that can help sort of the, any of those people, that, as you mentioned, that, uh, that people who are still struggling with something that happened 10 years ago and they're still suffering from it. Is there anything that you can share on sort of maybe four steps or so that can help someone to process something that they can do maybe every day mm-hmm. to help overcome their challenges or whatever is that
0: blockage yep sure okay well certainly look this is a good question because a lot of the time even with kung fu i was always thinking okay i'm standing here for 10 hours a day and i'm trying to get good at this certain type of thing but it was when i realized the power of the mind and one's beliefs you could hack through all of that and make shortcuts so it's so a good point so that's for the kung fu guys out there listening anyway so your mind is everything what we think we've become that's good old buddha First step is awareness of I'd say gaining an awareness of what our actual beliefs are because a lot of the time they're subconscious yeah and that's not necessarily easy you know it's not to be fair that's why i suggest you need to get around people who are working on that so you've given me the example of a person who has some stress or strain or worry or fear in their life that they want to get over yeah first thing you have to be un- you have to have some self awareness what is your belief around the area of your life that you are struggling with whether it's your career or your romantic relationships or your financial life or your emotional life or your intellectual or spiritual or whatever Hmm. awareness now for a lot of people that's not easy so asking friends you know like what do you think i'm like around this area of my life what do you or even taking the time to actually introspect No one does this and this is probably the hardest exercise for everyone I've ever taught is to actually look within and find out what's going in their own mind. Meaning um, they just don't fucking do it (laughs) because it, it takes courage and it takes work. So sitting down with a pen and actually saying, what do I believe about myself in my relationships? And usually it's a faulty belief system or a mindset that's leading them into the wrong feeling. So they think something right, which then leads to a feeling. And that that feeling that from the thought leads to an action, and that action leads to a, res- a result. Simple, and that means they continue to repeat those actions, and they become a habit and a way of life. Yeah? Like, I always get upset when it's when it's cloudy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So number one, awareness. Number two, I'm trying to give it a real quick hack. I'd say the quickest, 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 quickest hack is get yourself around the people that are at the level you wanna be. I'm trying to give you a shortcut, you know? Yeah. Rather, than, I'd, I'd, rather than a four-step process, be aware of what the problem is actually and then get around the people who are actually doing what you wanna be doing. That's the shortest shortcut. Um, but you have gotta consistently get around them. Yeah, Maybe you don't have access to them. So I'd suggest you start to consume their content at scale. So if there's someone who you know has got the perfect relationship you want or has the mindset you need, start digesting what they put out there. If they have a book or if they have written content or video or audio or whatever, start consuming it. So get your mind trained around that. So I suppose that links into two parts. Getting yourself around the people that have already done what you Mm -hmm. want to do or are the way you'd like to be, slash start consuming a ton of that content, meaning bomb your subconscious with it because... The ego, the term ego, like yeah. the negative side of ourselves, which is like, let's say, our animal nature. Or even pro, like marketing companies or even the nature of programming, its weapon is repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Why do you think Coke bombs us with marketing messages all day long so that we think black bubbly liquid is good for us? You know, it's delicious. Yeah. I love it. It's wonderful. Drink Coke in my thongs in summer. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> What I'm getting at is repetition is the weapon, not only of programming and institutions and marketing, but of the ego. The ego will beat you. The inner dialogue, the little voice in your head saying that you're not good enough, that you can't do this, you don't deserve it, you're a piece of shit. Or that that, that repetition, which you may have picked up from either parenting or uh, TV or somewhere, that repetition is what makes you believe it. Now, from going to saying that you're getting around the right people, you're getting the right messaging into yourself through their content but bombing yourself with it what i mean is you start to reprogram yourself yeah uh, through repetition so if you want apart from being aware and getting around the right people meaning getting around the right environment of bombing yourself and having that person there there's one thing that has worked a charm every time and we call it the hundred story transformation method you Realize what the faulty story is, the negative belief. And beliefs can change. They're like faulty apps you can delete. You write down the new belief. Maybe you're in relationships and you always pick the bad guy and he always cheats on you and it's terrible and it's wrong. Write a new story. I find loving, kind, gentle people and they treat me right. And just write that over and over and over. And this has happened literally three times with people I've coached because they wanted new partners and they end up finding the love of their life. Yeah, yeah. They wrote down exactly what they wanted their belief to be in detail they took that piece of paper walk around and repeat it a hundred times out loud so that they're programming themselves to the new subconscious mm-hmm. belief but they got to move around and they got to say it with feelings so it goes into their mental emotional and physical centers the three brains yeah. once they've done that a hundred times at the beginning they're going to feel like oh this isn't this is stupid this is dumb um, they'll feel lazy and they won't want to but after a while you get into it once you've done that you summarize it into a mantra so maybe it says i you summarize into something short, like, you know, I attract loving, kind people into my life. Short, not the whole yeah, page. The whole and then off. you repeat yeah. that five times five a day for the next month. So it's become a new belief. You've bombed your subconscious through repetition. And I use this all the time. Yeah. With any goal I want to achieve or if there's any mindset I've noticed that's faulty, I just bomb it with a new mindset and it goes away and I go, oh because I've realized that I don't want to be programmed anymore, mm-hmm. and I want to be the programmer. Yeah. So I've just taken the, the programmer's weapon, which is repetition, and I beat myself on the head with it until it's a new program. There you go. That's the, I suppose that kind of is four steps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. A long go. four steps, but yeah. yeah In fact, I'll summarize. Self-awareness, yeah. get around the right people, bomb your subconscious with the right content, and use the 100 story method. Done. There you go. There you are. Yeah.
1: Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) So, through everything from training, through teaching, Mm -hmm. through all of that, what would you say your biggest lesson in life is? Play some transition music. That's right. Yeah. If (laughs) I
0: had to just summarize it, like the thing that comes to the forefront of the mind straight away, let go. Full stop.
1: Really?
0: Yeah let go of everything thoughts emotions feelings sensations your name everything and i practice that daily Uh, it's surrender Mm -hmm. surrendering into the moment it's like my biggest life lesson yeah let go certainly i mean if there had to be something which tied with it it'd be intention intention and surrender so it'd be like having a powerful and constant intention for how you wish to be at your highest level so for me to be unconditionally loving loving that's like my first thing i want to be and then enlightened you know and then surrender as a mechanism to achieve that being the way of being in the world which is like not taking positions with anything you know like that's why i don't get angry and i laugh at pretty much everything because i don't jump on one side or the other i just see both and go okay yeah it, it is what it is at least I try most of the time. Look, sure, some things I'll get fired up. Like if someone tried to, you know, molest my child, I don't know how surrender I could Strategy be. I'd probably extreme, yeah. surrender them with the choke. But you know but yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, one thing I, I heard that was interesting on a podcast recently um, was how would you define surrender? So some people will think of surrender as giving up quitting, yep. that's it, yep. no more. Understand. But your mentality of surrender
0: is different from yep. that, where it's what surrender should be. Yep. How would you describe it? Yeah, it's not, definitely not a, it, it's, there is a giving upness, but that's not all. The giving up is your attachment to the ego or attachment to what you believe reality to be. And the best way to win at that one, win in inverted commas, is to surrender everything how's it different from my perspective is that it's a surrendering to something as opposed to a giving up to someone. So it's not like you and I are at war and I get out the white flag and I say, surrender, I give up. And then you put me in prison and I'm fucked. It's not that. It's more like, okay, we're a part of a grander scale of things, a universe you could call it. And there's a higher power, let's say, or at least a greater power that, makes the sun hot and spins the earth and there's a fucking cosmos out there. Yeah. I love people that think that, oh yeah, we're the, we're the most important, highest power out there. There's definitely a greater power. Mm-hmm. Like how the fuck did that flower know? What I mean is, there's this flower, it was getting killed by, what was it, no, it was getting killed by some caterpillars or some shit. So they started giving off a certain smell to attract the exact insect that eats those caterpillars. I mean, that's intelligent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm getting at There's a higher intelligence. So in the process of letting go, in order to actually let it go, because people go, yeah, I want to let it go. I want to let go of my anger, but they don't. You've got to give it somewhere higher than the frequency of anger itself. Yeah. I think Einstein said it, right? The same mind that created the problem can't solve it. Meaning... Hatred can't be resolved by hate, only by love. So the same process is you can't surrender your anger or your fear to anger and fear. It needs to be surrendered to a frequency greater than yours. So you surrender it to God or the universe or Mother Nature or your highest level of self. So the surrendering process is, let's say, a bit more active as opposed to being captured. And that links to the intention because your intention for how you wish to be as a human being will give you the let's say the impetus and the drive to surrender the things that are blocking it because what's the why are you going to bother or what keeps surrender or letting go in mind if you've got nowhere you want to be with yourself which is like I just want to let go of anger because I'm sick of being pissed off which is good enough starting point but then you need to find the mechanism that works yeah, yeah. which is the balance of the yin yang of the intention and surrender I hope that explains it absolutely
1: <laughs> well so with everything that we've discussed yeah. in this session, yeah. what is something that you'd say to our listeners as a last takeaway to wrap it all up?
0: Enjoy your life. <laughs> Have fun. But as a last takeaway, look, I just want to help as many people as possible that I can with what I've learned over the last you know, three decades, yeah? uh, which is to find more peace, more happiness, more joy in their life so last takeaway would be, you know, get yourself on my podcast if you want, because there's free meditations there and meditate your face off because it helps you get more relaxed and peaceful. Um, something that can deliver the most value as possible would be let go of all the bullshit and focus on the good shit. Because if you focus on your weaknesses, you get weak. Focus on the good stuff, you get gooder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cool, that'd be it. John,
1: thanks for sitting on the other end of the interview. My pleasure. See you next time.